1: Bringing hope to many around the globe. Transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otebill. And now,
2: today's Word. My message is titled, Nothing Missing. Turn to somebody and tell them, Nothing Missing. I don't know what you're going through, but I came here this morning to announce to you that nothing missing, God is bringing you to the expected end, God is working all the pieces of your life together, and He is arranging everything to bring you to the point of destiny. In this message, we'll be exploring God's rule in the affairs of men. We're going to discover that God rules in the affairs of men. We'll see how God uses unlimited options to bring us into alignment with His will. And we'll see how God uses the events of our lives to lead us into His will. God has a way of making every piece of our lives count for His purpose. Our main text is going to be rather long, but uh, I'll take time to... Read all of it uh, because uh, I'm going to preach entirely from uh, that passage of scripture, and it's in First Samuel chapter nine, verses one to twenty. I will later read other verses, uh, other uh, supplementary verses in that chapter at the end of my message. But we'll start with chapters, chapter nine, verses one. 1 Samuel chapter nine, verse one to twenty. And this passage basically speaks about how God arranged to bring Saul uh, to the point where he will be anointed king of Israel. And we read from verse 1. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, of the sons of Bekorath the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost And Kish said to his son Saul, Please take one of the servants with you and arise, go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha. But they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim and they were not there. So he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. And when they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come. Let us return, lest my father cease carrying about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. On all that he says surely comes to pass, so let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone, and there is no present to bring the man of God. What do we do or what do we have? The servant answered Saul again and said, Look, I have here at hand one-fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. And as they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? And they answered them and said, Yes, there there he is, just ahead of you. Hurry now, for today he came to this city, because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high place. And as soon as you come into the city, you will surely find him before he goes up to the high place to eat." For the people will not eat until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Now therefore go up, for about this time you will find him. So they went up to the city, and as they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out toward them on his way up. To the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, "Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the land of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me." Now, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you will eat with me today. And tomorrow I'll tell you, I'll let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on all your father's house? Amen. Amen. Tell somebody nothing missing. Nothing missing. Nothing missing. It's a very interesting and intriguing story. Um... uh, You see the hand of God playing in the affairs of men. You see God orchestrating events and God bringing people into alignment with his will. We see Samuel, we see Saul, we see Saul's servant. All of these people playing a role. Some of them aware of what they are doing, some not fully aware of what they are doing. But each one bringing to pass God's will. Now, for us to just unpack this passage, I will break the whole story into four parts and uh, look at those four parts uh, as they occur in the passage. The first part we'll look at is God's intention. God's intention. God's intention, is it's clear. He wants to make Saul king. And so, he, he's not really confused about what... Uh, he wants to do. In verse 15 we read, Now the Lord had told Samuel in, in his ear the day before Saul came saying, Tomorrow about this time I'll send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him, commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines for I have looked upon my people and because their cry has come to me. God made his intention clearly known to Samuel. The passage says that God told Samuel in his ear That means that Samuel had an audible voice. And if you look at it, it's very similar to the way Samuel himself was called. Remember when Samuel was a young boy, he heard a voice calling his name Samuel Samuel. And three times uh, the voice called on him until he got to know that was the voice of God. So Samuel was very familiar with this voice because he had encountered this voice right from his childhood But he's now grown up, Uh, he's an elderly man, uh, an older man. and, And the same voice that called him into his ministry speaks to him, introducing another person's ministry. And the Bible says that the voice spoke to him in his ear. The import of God's message to Samuel was clear. First, he wanted to introduce Saul to Samuel at this point both Saul and Samuel did not know each other Samuel uh, did not know of Saul and Saul didn't have a personal encounter of Samuel, he might have heard of Samuel because Samuel was a prophet of the land. He was the judge of Israel uh, at that time, and and he moved through all the various tribes and all the various kingdoms. So he might have heard of him, but you know there was no Facebook at that time, there was no Instagram, there was no internet, and so you may have heard of somebody, but you never know how he looks like, and uh if, the news would be very scanty. So he might have heard that there was a prophet called Samuel, but had no idea how he looked like. But God's intention is that Saul must meet Samuel. Saul and Samuel must meet. And not only that, God wanted to show Saul that there was a new direction in his life. That he, he was embarking on a new direction. Saul had no idea that his life is about to take a new turn. So God's intention is to let Saul know that there is a new purpose for him. There is a new agenda for his life. And thirdly, God's intention was to use Samuel... To anoint Saul as king of Israel. And he stated it very clearly. I want to bring Saul your way. And you anoint him as king. And fourthly. God's intention was to use Saul. To deliver Israel. From the hand of the Philistines. Both Samuel and Saul have an assignment from God. Each one's assignment required the other person. Saul needs Samuel Samuel needs Saul Because without Saul There is no one to anoint Without Samuel There is nobody to do the anointing So They, 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 they have to meet somehow For each one of them to fulfill Their assignment And, and they don't know each other Saul needs Samuel Samuel needs Saul Saul God needs a king. And something has to happen for all of these things to come together. So, how does God bring Saul and Samuel together? How does God make it work? The people who don't know each other but need each other will meet. So, he starts a process. And the process is very interesting. I don't know how God does these things, but... He scatters the donkeys of Saul's father. He just whispers to the donkeys, run away. So the donkeys run. And, and and so they create a sense of loss. So that's the second part of the message. Saul's loss. Saul's loss leads to movement and searching. He's now moving and searching. Now, whenever we lose something, naturally, we start searching. When you lose uh, your watch, you start searching for your watch. You lose a shoe, you start searching. And uh, many times when you start searching, you find things you weren't looking for, isn't it? You know, you're in your room and uh, a pen rolls down under a table or under your bed. And you're going to look for the bed and then you find the earring you've been looking for for the last 10 years and you say wow I wasn't looking for the earring but there I found it the pen led me to the earring so many times when God wants you to move to a place he will create a sense of loss in you because a loss will cause you to move and start searching if you don't start searching you're going to be in the same place so he needs to move Saul how does he do that Donkeys get missing. So the donkeys of Saul's father get missing. Donkeys are, are a bit more active than sheep. Uh, they are more adventurous. They can move farther. Uh, when sheep get lost, you know, most of the time you just go and find them standing there waiting to be. Uh, brought back home. But when donkeys get lost, they keep going and going because they, they, they have a stronger capacity to seek and to move. So uh, when the donkeys get lost, uh, it, it means that there's going to be a very long search for the donkeys uh, as against when sheep get lost. So what happens? The sense of loss compels Saul's movement. So Saul's loss makes him move. Without the loss of his family's donkeys, Saul would have no motivation to move from his father's house. He was well settled where he was. Many times God allows situations in our lives to move us. And you may be in a place where everything seems to be okay. And then you have a sense of loss. Something is taken away from you. And you start moving, and, and you're wondering, what am I looking for? But that's what happened to, to Saul. The loss compels movement. In, a, in my own life, the loss of my parents caused me to move from Tema to Accra. And uh, when I moved from Tema to Accra, I went to live with my auntie in a place called Kanda Estates and in that Kanda estate, we started a Christian fellowship, the Kanda Christian fellowship and one thing led to the other and we had International Central Gospel Church now if I stayed in Tema there would be no Kanda Christian fellowship and I wouldn't meet all the people I met in Kanda to start the church I may have started in Tema a fellowship but maybe it would never have grown to be what it is now so that sense of loss creates movement And that movement is leading you to the will of God. And there are people... Who are moving. Maybe you lost a husband. You lost a wife. You lost a job. Uh, you lost something. And, and all of a sudden the place where you felt secure is no longer secure. The place where you felt comfortable is no longer comfortable. Something that you were holding on to has been taken away from you. So you start moving. And it looks like, oh God, everything in my life is lost. I've lost this and I've lost that. But I came here to announce to somebody there is nothing missing. There is nothing missing. Because it's part of God's agenda to sometimes make you move. By creating some momentum for you to move. So Saul's loss compels his movement. Now this time, he doesn't know why he's moving. Uh, Ultimately, he thinks he's moving for donkeys. So Saul is moving with his own agenda. He knew what he was looking for. If you ask Saul, what are you looking for? He will say, well, I'm looking for my father's donkey. What, what are you searching for under your bed? I'm looking for a pen that was lost. Why have you moved from Tema to Accra? I'm just looking for a place to lay my head. But in all of that, for Saul, it was a donkey. For you, it's a pen. For me, it was just a place to sleep. But for God, it is destiny. Amen. It is destiny. And you can look into your own life and realize many times where you didn't know destiny was calling you. You thought you were lost. You thought you were just moving. You thought it was all aimless. You thought everything has now been thrown into confusion. And then 10 years time you look back and you realize God actually moved those donkeys from my father's house. And you thought you had lost everything. But everything came together because there is nothing missing. It's not missing. So Saul is moving with his own agenda. What are you, what are you looking for, Mr. Saul? I'm looking for donkeys. I'm sure people will look at him and say, look at you, a grown man. And all you're doing in your life is looking for donkeys. Have you come this far just looking for donkeys? But there's something very interesting about the story. When Saul's father sends him to go look for the donkeys. He says something very interesting. He says pick one of the servants And go with him. It seems like a random instruction. Pick one of the servants. We don't know how many servants uh, Saul's father has. But if he says pick one of the servants, it, it gives you the impression he had many sevens. So Saul would just go to seven quarters and just look at the one who looks like the one who can survive. <laughs> a long search. This guy would not get tired too quickly. This guy has, uh, uh, has more muscle power. Maybe I can send him on the mountains and relax. Maybe he can do the searching and I would just lie under a tree. So I'm sure just for uh, purposes of utility and purposes of convenience... Saul will pick somebody he thinks can do the job of searching for a donkey. So he picks a servant. The Bible doesn't name the servant. But if you get to know the end of the story, that was also orchestrated by God. Because if he had not picked that particular servant, later on he would not have met his destiny. So Saul moves and partners with a discerning servant. A discerning person. He seemed to have been picked randomly but he was strategic. Not only is the loss of the donkeys part of a larger purpose, the choice of the servant is also part of a larger purpose. Sometimes, you know the choice of friends. He just... Seems as if, oh yeah, I was just at a party and somebody introduced me to this person. And then a week later you just realize, wow, God put us together. Because something you were looking for, that person you met at the party is a key to. Or you sat in a plane and you conversed with somebody, thank God you were not nasty. And then next two weeks you went to an office. Looking for something to be done for you, and the person you saw on the plane is sitting down there. It's called divine appointment. It's called divine appointment. And there are random people that God is bringing your way every day. There are random people that God is connecting you with. There are random people that God is is opening your life to. It looks like a random servant. But this servant was critical to Saul's destiny. We'll find out later. So critical. But for him, Saul would have missed his destiny. But it looked like random. Just pick one of the servants. And he picked one of the servants. And that servant becomes critical to his destiny. Now, sometimes you say, So how, how, how should I really pick these things? You don't control them. You don't go around saying, you know, hmm, I think that one will lead me to my destiny. Have you noticed many times people you think will help you, let you down? You say, oh, I know him, I know he will help you. And, And when you're in trouble, you say, whoa. I didn't know some friends are like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. God sometimes wants to teach us not ever to trust in man or the arm of flesh. It seems random. Just trust him every day. Trust him every day. Walk with him every day. He'll bring people your way. It may be somebody sitting by you in church today. Somebody you see after church today. Somebody you see tomorrow. Somebody you meet somewhere. It looks like a random meeting. But it is part of God's purpose for your life. And never ever think that your life is just moving automatically by yourself. There are people God is bringing your way to orchestrate your life, to bring you to His expected end. And don't ever think, oh, I'm here alone. Nobody, I have nobody. Nobody helps me. God is your helper. The Lord is your helper. The Lord is your helper. And he will help you, and he will guide you, and he will direct you. So we see God's intention is clear. Saul must be made king. I have to bring him into contact with Samuel. How does he do it? Donkeys are lost. What's the result? Saul starts moving. He picks along a random servant. So at this point in time... If you are in Saul's shoes, you, you think, oh, what a life. What's going on in my life? I'm just having a fun and all of a sudden I am relocated. Third part, Saul's journey. Saul's journey is made up of searching without results. If you read it, it's a litany of failure. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim And through the land of Shalisha But they did not find them Then they passed through the land of Shalim And they were not there Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites But they did not find them Then when they came to the land of Zuf Saul said to his servant who was with him Come let us return Now if you are looking at that story It's almost like A lot of movement with no result A lot of activities with nothing to show for because everywhere he goes, there is no result. He's not getting what he's looking for. He can't find the donkeys. There are some of you looking for donkeys, and for so long, you haven't found the donkeys. I don't know what donkey you've been running after. Maybe, maybe you are looking for the big donkey, money donkey. Oh yeah, that's a big one. That's a big donkey. It's a it's a double decker donkey. <laughs> you know, and and sometimes you go looking for this big donkey and you never find him. And some are finding the donkey called Husband.
0: Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura.
2: Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA LLC. That's also another big one. It's not as big as the money one, but it's a sizable one, medium-sized donkey. And you go from place to place, and place to place, and place to place, you can't find. And some are looking for the wife donkey, almost similar size to the husband donkey. And you can't find. And some are looking for a job donkey or happiness donkey. Whatever it is, you say, oh, I need this in my life. I need to be secure. I need to have safety. But you don't seem to find it. Now, if you look at the journey of Saul He went through five places, and I'm I'm going to walk through the five places he went through. The first, he started his journey from Ephraim or Ephraim. Ephraim is the place of fruitfulness. So that's where he started from. That's where he his base is. He's in a fruitful place. Seems things are reasonably doing well for him. Looks like everything is getting on well until the donkeys disappear. So he starts from Ephraim and goes through the next place. He goes through is Shalisha. Shalisha is a place of valleys, and specifically there are three valleys in Shalisha. The name Shalisha is almost means repetition. So he goes through one valley, comes out, and then another valley, another another valley. So if you are in Shalisha, you say, I'm not making progress. All I'm doing is, it seems as if I'm going up, then I go down. Looks up, I'm going up, I go down. Looks up, going up, go down. He's moving into valleys, into depression, into disappointment. He comes out from one valley and he says, I'm free now. Next valley, Shalisha. Then he goes through and comes out. Another valley. So he's having repetition of disappointments. And going, and, and going up and coming down. And going up and coming down. And going up and coming down. Three times unlucky. Three times a failure. Three times nothing happening. Three times disappointed. Now if you're looking for that donkey and you go through those three times sometimes you just say let me just forget about donkeys for the meantime. So he comes out from Shalisha and you you think wow finally the days of valleys are over. He enters Shalim. Shalim is a place of jackals or jackals. It represents a wilderness and a place of mockery. Jackals or jackals are known to laugh. They don't laugh, but their sound sounds like laughter. And when you go through Shalim, it's almost as if everybody's laughing at you. You are in the wilderness, you just come from the valley, and now everywhere you turn, there is mockery. Somebody's made up a story about you. You say, hey, <laughs> This lady too, she has offered home. <laughs> and they will tell your story. And they don't tell it with honor. They tell it with mockery. And, and you wear nice shoes. They say, ah, we know what she's looking for. You're moving with a the man. They make mockery. Next time you do your hair, they're making mockery. This time you're going trying to make a business deal, people are laughing at you. Because when you are in Charlene, people now begin to say this guy never achieves what he's looking for. And there are mockers. And one of the painful things of life is to be in trouble and hear people laugh. And sometimes the people laughing are people who shouldn't be laughing. For several reasons. Because they themselves
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otoville, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otoville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus
3: 233-302-688-000 The discerning ear The spirit of radio Bring lots of cheer Sweet, sweet, me oh, 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 oh boy Give it to you, that is great joy. joy. So-
1: Second of March, or twenty twenty, a day when many churches go remote wow. and Ooh. not necessarily meeting together, you know, at the same place. Mm-hmm. Well, for us, uh, the reason is Jesus uh, Chapel International. <laughs> We've always done this, and uh, we we continue to bring you that which the Lord has ordained for all of us. Yeah. May God bless you so much for choosing Joy on ninety nine point seven FM. <laughs> you just came through listening to a powerful message. Nothing missing. By Dr. Mercer Otebel That is indeed a powerful one will be continued God willing tomorrow I say well next week <laughs> Or so Every every weekday afternoon after the news at 12 You're sure to have living word right here on Joy 99.7 FM Join me this time. Now though my name is Mike Neabosin It's always a great joy to be here with a time exactly 38 minutes after 7 you're welcome to another great edition of the reason is Jesus here on joy 99.7 FM want to get into a time of worship a time of adoration a time where you recognize the presence of God wherever you are whether in your cars whether in your homes and you're getting ready for uh, well today well nobody's going to church anywhere so well we're going to Be in churches in our homes, but so, or in your cars, wherever you find yourself. Recognize the presence of God right there and give Him the glory He deserves and give Him the praise He deserves and give Him the adoration He deserves. We're beginning with um, a medley by Pastor Edwin Datson. That time exactly 39 after 7 on Joy 99.7 FM
3: sing That's weird. won't I'm going to name Raise it high we'll all sing Oh yeah, art Crawl crawl me Yeah but If you don't mind, lift your hands so high and close it close your eyes Say i mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The way, the way we used to send it in my former church. Oh, all, yeah. Oh, mi na me a
1: praise my honor all unto you oh god for you alone deserve it seems to be the words of nasi bringing our time fast approaching eight o'clock you know what time it is we're gonna settle for the news at eight and araba comes in the studio good morning Ara.
2: good morning i Rick. trust
1: you're doing great i'm very good awesome. by his grace. what's the news this morning well
2: it's it's a coronavirus <laughs> bulletin as <Isn't> always. <laughs> Anyway, as you know, the coronavirus has claimed its first victim in Ghana.
0: And... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para
3: vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.